0: Acts chapter number one, Uh, we're going to do the first couple points tonight is basically going to be a little bit of review uh, uh, from from last week, uh, and then we'll jump right into the rest of the chapter, and uh, we're going to talk about unfinished business, unfinished business. Uh, We're going to see the explosion of the church, the, the catapult, if you will, of the church in chapter number two. Uh, But there's some things that need to be done. There's some things that need to be taken care of before this happens, and uh, we're going to find that in chapter number one. How many of of y'all got in before it started raining? All right. How many of y'all got wet? All right. Get here sooner. (laughs) I'm kidding. Hey, that's holy water. We need all we can get, now I'm telling you. I, I I I got watermelons that need rain bad. Amen. I had a couple that came out early, and they're fully ripe, and they' this big. I'm gonna send I'm gonna send Willie G a, a picture of them, but but they tasted good, but they that big right there. So that's the Lord saying, Amen, Amen. All right. All right. Everybody found your spot. Anybody need an outline before we start? Before we start, get going. Anybody need an outline tonight? Everybody good? Everybody good? All right. You might have to turn me up so they can hear me with that rain. So let's 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 jump right in here. Acts chapter number one in verse number one. When you get there, say amen. And the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. That is the book of Luke. Uh, some some scholars believe that that The book of Acts is a continuation of the book of Luke. If that makes sense, say amen. All right. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, in other words, after the crucifixion and his resurrection, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, ...commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Did y'all notice that? They're asking for the physical kingdom that Jesus would set up his throne there in Jerusalem and, and fulfill the promise of the Old Testament prophets, are you going to set up your kingdom now. now? Now, there are false teachers that say that, that, that there's not going to be a kingdom, that never was going to be a kingdom, but Jesus didn't say there wasn't a kingdom. He's saying it's not time. Do y'all see that? He didn't rebuke them for expecting a physical earthly kingdom. He just said it's not time yet. It's not time yet. All right. So let's keep reading. It said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive. Come on. ye shall receive power. power. After that, the Holy ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. What are you going to do with your power? Witness. Witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Some called it two thousand cubit. Uh, it, it is, uh, listen, approximately approximately uh, 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 three quarters of a mile, I guess, or more. Uh, and it is basically from a little town of Bethany, which is on the backside of the Mount of Olives. All right, and so the distance would have been right inside the gate, probably right inside the eastern gate. Is was the distance that was there. If that makes sense. Say amen. It says when they returned, it says they were come in and they went up into an upper room. Some think it might have been the upper room where the last supper was held. Uh, 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 But either way, they don't know. It's really an unknown deal. But it says where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. So they begin with how many? They turn the world upside down with 120. Can you imagine what we can do? Are y'all with me? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for just all that you do. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for the opportunity to have your word that we can read and study and, and, and glean from. Lord, please help us tonight. Lord, you know who's here. And they worked hard all day long, and they wore out, and, and they just came to be blessed and helped and encouraged. And Lord, some of them got wet tonight, had to go through the rain, and they, but they, they came. And they were committed, and I'm thankful for their commitment. Lord, there's a lot of people who stayed home tonight because of the rain, but they didn't. And I pray that you will give them a special portion tonight, a special blessing for being obedient and committed to your word. I pray right now that you will bless us, help us. Give me the words to say. I need the unction from glory. I, I need the Holy Spirit to guide my heart and guide my mind and give me what I need to say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. And God, I'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As a way of uh, uh, review, maybe, uh, let's, let's look at the first couple points and we'll just kind of breeze through them and then we'll get on down into the meat of chapter number one. First of all, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to see a proof that is revealed, a proof. Jesus showed himself alive. He he proved himself. Uh, uh, It was very, very important that Jesus reveal himself after his resurrection so people could see, uh, scoffers could see, skeptics could see, and, and, and more importantly, more importantly, more than anybody that his disciples could see. You know, those who had trusted him, those who had believed on him, those who were following him. Now, now, Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. As Jesus was teaching the disciples and as they went, how how long did he train them? Anybody remember? How long? A little over three years. A little over three years, okay? Uh, Now, throughout that training, Jesus was telling them, Jesus was teaching them, Jesus was helping them. But guess what? All the way up until the crucifixion, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it completely. They were confused a little bit, even up into the point there. Uh, the, you remember the disciples on the road to Emmaus uh, after after Jesus had died and was in the tomb. They were frustrated and say, "We thought he was the one. We thought he was going to be the uh, listen. He was going to be the one we had been hearing about and we've studied about. And and so here here is confusion. There's fear. They are hiding in the upper room. And, 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 and listen, there's just a lot of confusion going on because they really thought it was going to be different than what it was in reality took place. So Jesus showed himself. Now, two things I want you to write down and then we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. First, he, he showed himself to comfort the converts, write that down to comfort the converts, man, there was rejoicing when they, well, actually in, in, in some ways there was a little bit of fear. When they first seen him. I mean you see a guy that was dead. And now he's there standing in front of you. Obviously that would cause a little problem. Amen. And, and, but he, the thing is he had told them. He had told them this was what was going to happen. And so now he's come to them. He is alive. It's real. It's not. And matter of fact. Matter of fact. Even his own disciples scoffed a little bit. When they had heard that he had risen. And so now we have the comfort from the, the resurrection, and he's proven himself. But then, here's the deal. B, to convince the critics. To convince the critics. Now, I'm going I'm to read 1 Corinthians 15. You don't have to turn there. I'll flip over there real quick. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. It says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What is Paul saying? Everything was prophesied. Everything that Jesus did was fulfilled and fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. He rose again according to the scriptures. Somebody say amen. amen. Now watch this. And that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve, after that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, all at one time, of whom the greater part remain in this present, but some are fallen asleep, meaning they had died. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me. This was Paul speaking. He was seen of me. How many of y'all remember on the Damascus Road? when Paul Before Paul's salvation, he was on the Damascus Road. He was going to arrest Christians, and, and uh, uh, Jesus knocked him off his high horse. Right? How many of y'all know Jesus will knock you off your high horse? I love that. I love that, the answer that it was given. I know I'm running rabbit, but it's fun right here. Amen? He he is blinded. He's knocked off of his ride, and he says, Who art thou, Lord? (laughs) He knew who he was. Amen? All right. Last scene of me, also of one born out of due time. So he showed himself. Mary at the tomb, Thomas in the room. The couple on the road to Emmaus, we find they're they're discouraged. Mary's weeping. Thomas is doubting. The couple is discouraged. So, So there's people that he has to show himself to. The Jewish religious crowd, and this is why, this is part of the problem. The Jewish religious crowd had spread lies that the disciples had stolen the body of Jesus and was now claiming that he was alive. So Christ showed himself to many to silence the critics. Just about everyone saw or knew that Christ was crucified, but not all had heard that he got up. That was the disciple and the church's job to tell the world. Say that with me. Okay, let's try that. When I point at you, that's your cue, all right? That was... Y'all really don't want to witness, do you? Let's try this again. That was... I love y'all. What are we going to tell the world? We have a risen Savior. He's in the world today. We know that He is living, no matter what men may say. Amen. He's alive. How do you know he's alive? Because he's in me. I talked to him this morning. How do you know he's alive? Well, what happened to my father? If he's not alive, what sobered him up? What changed his life? What put him on the straight and narrow? What turned him into a punk, into a preacher? Say amen. He's alive, y'all. He's alive. He is alive. Number two, number two. So we have a proof This revealed. We see in, in Acts chapter number one, uh, he says in verse number three, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, many proofs, many proofs, okay? Now, number two. There's a program that is required, a program that is required. Now, what is the program? Jesus tells them, here, there's two things, there's two things. Just write these down and we'll talk about them. That makes it faster, okay? All right? First is to wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. We, we kind of we did that last week. It was so important for them to wait. Wait for the promise, okay? You can't do this by yourself. This commission that you have, this job that you have, this responsibility that you have to spread the gospel to every creature, it is too big a deal, it is too impossible of a task for you to do this in your own power, in your own ability, with your own intellect and your own knowledge. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. So he says, before you go, wait, wait. Now, how many of of y'all love waiting? Sometimes I say, Lord, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Some of y'all get that. Don't you love it when you're in a hurry and God's not? I believe, I believe if if he has to tell them to wait, I believe they're, they're like a horse with the bridle being pulled back on. They're wanting to go. They're wanting to and, and, you know, the, the Bible says in the Old Testament that there were prophets that he said, they're running, but I didn't tell them to run. I'm, they're prophesying, but I didn't tell them to prophesy. In other words, they're fake. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of people preaching today. There's a lot of people preaching today, and there's a lot of people sharing religious stuff. Run into one of them today. Run into one of them today. And he's lucky that I wasn't already witnessing the one I was witnessing to, or me and him, we'd have had a party. <clears throat> Cause I wanted to, I wanted to engage him and, 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 and because anyway, long story short, the Holy Spirit said, zip it. Here's the thing, guys, don't argue with anybody. Don't argue with anybody, but, but what is he saying? Wait, wait on who the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit could not come till Jesus went back to glory. He says, I'm going so he can come. Now, why is this significant? Why is this important? When Jesus was here on this earth in his physical body, he was only with the disciples while he was with them. All right, when the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he could go with all of them at the same time no matter where they went. Does that make sense? Now, this is where this goes. This is how this works. All right, how many of you, does anybody here golf? Anybody here like to golf? Raise your hand if you like to golf. Okay, all right. Now, there's one thing, there's one thing if Tiger Woods stood up here and, and tried to teach you something, right? He could, he could tell you how to hold the club. He could tell you how to grip it. He could tell you where you swing if your, your arc is too, uh, too flat or, or too upright, all these kind of things. But, but are you gonna hit it like Tiger Woods? Let me help you with that. No. But what if Tiger Woods could come inside of you? And control your movements. Do y'all see the difference? Now Jesus had been teaching them over and over and was their example for three years. And he is our example. But Jesus said, you're going to do some incredible things, greater things than you've done already. Because when I go, he's going to come and it's going to be the same as me inside of you. So that when you speak, it's me speaking. When you move, it's me moving. When you act, it's me acting. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Are y'all with me? That's why I'm telling you last week and and, 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 and just all of the, 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 the DMD teaching we're doing, it's so important to be filled with the Spirit of God. Because he's going to lead you to the one who needs to hear it. He's going to give you the words to say when you get there. He's going to be, listen, already working on the one that you go. Does this make sense? We have to be full of the Spirit, which means controlled, led, listening, submitted to the Holy Spirit. All right? So the program was wait, but then witness. Write that word down. Witness. God doesn't give us power to show off. God doesn't give us power or our gifts as toys. They're not toys to play with. They're tools to build with. And my gifts are given to me to be a blessing to you. Okay? I exercise my gifts in the local church to benefit and bless you. You exercise your gifts to bless one another. Does that make sense? And so he says, you're going to receive power, but that power is to be a witness to be a witness. Somebody say amen. amen. Alright. Now does everybody get that? Everybody get that. He said right before he left. Right before he left. The very last things he's telling him is go wait, and you're going to be a witness. When you get the power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you can go. And when you go, as you are going, wherever you go, be a witness. be a witness. Church, say amen. amen. Alright. Now, now, <clears throat> look at number three. Look at number three. We see a prayer that's recorded. A proof that's revealed, a program that's required. Then a prayer that's recorded. They go back. They go back to Jerusalem. Man, I, I, in my, I, I sit there in my imagination. I've, I've had the opportunity to, to stand there at the Mount of Olives and, and look across the Kidron Valley and And see the the uh, eastern gate that they would have went through and and looking looking at Jerusalem there, and I can only imagine what the conversation was like after they actually man, can you believe what we just saw? Can you imagine this and the chatter going on all the way and so they come to this place, and that now we're going to get into the part of unfinished business. There's some things that need to take place so that they can be ready. For Pentecost, all right? Now, let's let's read. <clears throat> Verse 12. Verse 12. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, Jesus has left. He has given them basically the last instructions. Go wait. You're going to receive power. You're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Everywhere you go, he's taken up, and now they're back in Jerusalem. They're back in Jerusalem, okay? in the, in, in an upper room. And now we have a group of people. We have a group of people. So let's look. Let's look. It says there were apostles present, family members of Christ. This is the attendance in prayer. I forgot to tell you that. All right? The attendance in prayer. Hey, who's there? Who's who's attending this prayer meeting? There were apostles there. There were family members of Christ. It was his mother and his half-brethren. James was one of them. Jude was one of them the writer of the book of Jude, he was a half-brother to Jesus, which would, out of Joseph and Mary, there were some that denied him, were there, that's Peter, some had doubted him, who's that? Thomas. Thomas, and some had deserted him, that's all the rest of them, they all bugged out on him, but guess what, but guess what, things are different now, but right now, they were not accusing or arguing. They were in one accord, in obedience to God, and waiting on Him. Now, here's, here's the atmosphere of prayer, B. We see the attendance in prayer, and put, put beside that, put beside A. Attendance in prayer, put beside 120. That was the number, 120. And it is so, it is so significant that even Jesus' own brothers... You know the, the the son and the sons of Mary and Joseph, they didn't believe in Jesus. They were skeptics, and and after the resurrection, it changed everything. It changed everything. James became uh, one of the, the main main men in the church in Jerusalem. Jude was able to write scriptures for the for the New Testament. <clears throat> Philippians two two says, "Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be." Come on, everybody, that ye be like-minded, like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Look at those words, like-minded, same love, one accord, one mind. Acts 2, 1, Acts 2, 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And they continued, Acts 2.46, and they continued daily with one in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and did eat their meat in gladness and with singleness of heart. Acts 4.24, and when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Now, here's the thing. This doesn't mean that the disciples drove a Honda. Say amen. You get it? They were all in one accord, all right? Come on, that was funny. Man, y'all are a tough crowd. Listen, this is is what this means. All right, settle down, settle down. How many of y'all would agree that the church in America today is kind of in a mess? Squabbling, fighting, splintering. Can't get along. I saw somebody post on uh, uh, Facebook yesterday about problems in a church. And I'm like, don't put that on Facebook. Man, if you've got a problem with somebody, go to them personally. Don't put it on Facebook. Are y'all with me? But here's the thing. What's the problem? There's no unity. They're not in one accord. Now, what? Here's the problem. Everybody has got their own agenda. Here's what we did. Here's what we did. The very first month I was here, the very first really meeting, business meeting, men's meeting, whatever you want to call it, I had with the men. First, the very first one, uh, and I'm not even sure how many here is is was in that meeting, but I said, everybody get a songbook. That's when we were... Uh, uh, we still had songbooks, that's all I'm going to say, right there, amen? Uh, well, we had songbooks, everybody had their songbooks in their hand, and, uh, and, and I said, all right, everybody turn to your favorite song. Well, you heard, and, and it was a really small crowd at that time, because I mean, we only had a handful of people, it wasn't that big, uh, but, but out of the men that was there, everybody you could hear, they was flipping to their song, and they were heard. and I said, all right, all right now, everybody ready? Let's go. And they looked at me kind of weird. Uh, And they said, what do you mean? I said, we're going to sing our favorite song. Come on now, let's go. And they started laughing, hee-haw a little bit. And I said, I'm serious. Let's go. And so here we go. Some was on I'll Fly Away. Some was on Amazing Grace. Some was on Sheltered in the Arms of God. I mean, you just named it. Everybody's got their favorite. Now, y'all can imagine what it sounded like. Because about halfway through the verse verse, I said, louder, let's go. Let's get it, boy. You know, I mean, it was, it, oh, my stars. It was chaos. It was chaos. We just kept on singing. I just let it ride. That's just, you know, I, we was all enjoying it. And I said, okay, okay, that's enough of that. I said, now everybody turned to, I don't know what page it was, but it was Amazing Grace. I figured everybody knew that one anyway. And so we all turned to Amazing Grace, and I said, all right, guys, let's sing. You cannot believe the difference when everybody was on the same. Now, here's the thing. Everybody can't have their own agenda in the church and get anything accomplished. We have to be in one accord. Now, which accord are we going to be in? Huh? The gospel. The gospel. Do you know what we fellowship in? We fellowship in the gospel. It is centered around the gospel. We preach the gospel. We live the gospel. We share the gospel. We want to spread the... Not my opinions, not your traditions... Not what, not not what you feel or don't. it's all about the gospel. They listen, they experienced the resurrection. They experienced Christ, the life that Christ had to give, and they all wanted the same thing. Are y'all with me? Now, if you don't want to spread the gospel, this is not the place to be. If your greatest concern is not that people who are lost, that don't know Christ, get the gospel before it's too late, you probably are not going to feel any unity around this place. But you know what? If you don't care who gets the credit, and you don't care who the big dog is, and you don't care who gets, hello. And you don't, you don't, and you, you wouldn't still be here. Because there is no big dogs around here. The greatest compliment that was ever paid to Temple Baptist Church, one of the the greatest men of God in America, after he was here and visited Temple, this is what he said. Man, this is an awesome place. Everybody around here wants a small part of something big. He said, most places I go, they just want a big part of something small. And so what happens? They just keep splitting churches and breaking up churches, and going down and starting another one so they can have a small church so they can be a big dog. Are y'all with me? But not here. Not here. They had unity. They wanted the same thing. They desired the Lord to be obedient to Him. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you know what? I I really didn't have any intention... On spending that much time here but I'll be honest with you nothing else that we read and and you you can't have you can't have chapter number two without understanding this principle let me let me go back let's read let's read chapter number two chapter number two verse one how many of y'all would agree Pentecost is kind of cool The power of God just explodes in the place. But watch what verse 1 says. Watch what verse 1 says. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, how many of them? All All with one Accord. accord in one place. Man, there was unity. Unity. You have to be unified around the gospel, around truth. All right? Now... Now, so we see a prayer that's recorded. They are praying. They are Now, now some, people, some people have the false impression that they're praying, they're praying for the Holy Ghost to come. That's not what they're praying. They don't have to pray for the Holy Ghost to come. You don't have to pray for something God already said he was going to do. They didn't have to pray for the Holy Ghost. They had to wait for the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. Because there's, there's, there's people that teach a false doctrine that says you got to pray real hard before you get the Holy Ghost. You get the Holy Ghost the moment you're saved. And you don't have to pray hard, hard, hard to get a fullness of him. All right? And you don't get any more of the Holy Ghost weeks or months after you get saved than the moment you get saved. He don't come in portions. He's a person. He's the person of the Holy Ghost. You get all of him. But the question is, does he get all of you? Being filled with the Holy Spirit means you are submitted. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's not that you need to get more of him. You need to give him more of you. Are y'all with me? Unity. Unity. Accord. All right, now, look look at number four. Look at number four. Got some business to take care of. Look at number four. What was number one? Help me. Review quick, quick, quick. Say number one again. A proof that's revealed. He, he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs, right? Number two. What's the program? Two things. You got to go wait so you can be a witness. Number three. A prayer that's recorded. We see the, the attitude in prayer, the attendance in prayer, the atmosphere of the prayer. they were unified. can y'all see that? They were together, they desired the same thing, they wanted the same thing. they are worshiping God. and by the way, they are not up here hiding. Some people think some people think that they're you know they're up here still hiding. but according to the end of Luke, if you look at the end of Luke you'll find out that they were continually in the temple praising God. So the atmosphere was completely different. All right, now, now, let's look at this. It says in verse number 15, verse number 15. I want you to see a person that is ready. Verse number, er, 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 uh, verse number 15, this is number four. All right, say that with me. A that is ready. A person that is ready. Now, now let's look who that person is. And in those days, what's the word? Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, "All right, now let me stop there. Let me stop there. All right, two things. I got to do this in a hurry because it's like running out of time fast. So, so let me give you two words and we'll just sit there and talk about it. Okay. All right, the person is ready. He was chosen. He was chosen. Okay. And then put he was convinced." And then look at me now. Now, why am I saying there's a person that's ready and why am I making a big deal about that? Because if you if you were following the gospel narrative just a little bit before the ascension of Christ. Peter would have been the last one that you would have picked to step up and lead the way. You see, this is the same Peter who denied the Lord. This is the same Peter who put his foot in his mouth on a regular basis. This is the same uh, uh, Apostle Peter who was told by Christ, get thee behind me, Satan. You, 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 You want the things of man, not the things of God. Same one. The one that cuss. I said it. Cuss. Curse. Y'all with me? Y'all hadn't read your Bibles there? And matter of fact, when he did that, they no longer accused him of being a follower, by the way. That might mean we might need to watch our mouths. Right? He denied him. Everybody heard it. Everybody knew it. And then, to top it all off, even after the Lord had a word with him right after the resurrection. And by the way, thank the Lord for the Lord. Because after the resurrection, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter, don't forget him. He's going to think I'm done with him. He's going to think he's out for the count. He's going to think I'm through with him, but just let him know he's all good. And the Bible teaches us that he met with him. Because you remember what it said that? He met with Cephas. So there there was a specific... Uh, A special meeting just with Jesus and Peter but then even after that he says I'm going fishing and that is not hey y'all want to go catch a fish it was I'm going to stop being a fisher of men and go back to what I did before because what I did before is what I'm good at and listen this thing's too hard and I don't know what all's going on I'm frustrated with everything I'm just going to go back to what I know that Peter, y'all remember, don't you remember? You remember the one that he said, "You're going to deny me? No,, I'm not going to deny you. I'm never going to deny you. All these other disciples, they may deny you, but I'll die before I deny you." He said, "Listen, your, 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 your flesh is, is weak, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak, right? Come on. Satan has desired to have that he may sift you as wheat. You better watch it. You better keep your eye. Pray. And even in the garden, he told him to pray and fell asleep on him. This same Peter. But guess what? Guess what? When the time comes, the Bible says someone step forward. Now, I know y'all so dignified and y'all so spiritual, this don't mean nothing to you. But if you've ever messed up in your life, you will appreciate what I'm fixing to tell you. He was a mess. But he was chosen. He was chosen. The disciples didn't choose him. His mama didn't choose him. His grandparents didn't choose him. The critics didn't choose him. Jesus chose him. So how do you know? If you'll go back to the Gospels, you'll find out this. Jesus said, Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I am? They said, some think you're a liar. Some think you're one of the prophets. Some even think you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. He said, but who do you think I am? And and Peter, he said, hey, we believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is what Jesus said to Peter. Flesh and blood blood hath not revealed the son to thee, but my father which is in heaven. And he's, he's talking to Peter, not the disciples. He's talking specifically to Peter. He said, I'm gonna give you the keys. I'm gonna give you the keys. What you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. In other words, he is choosing Peter to be the leader in the early church. And guess what Peter did? As we go through this, you'll find out. He unlocked the door of salvation to the Jews in Acts 2, to the Samaritans in Acts 8, and to the Gentiles in Acts number 10. He was chosen by God. He may look like a failure to the world. He may look like a failure to all the rest of the disciples. But honey, it doesn't matter what your failure is if you've been chosen by God. And don't let other people say because of your failures you oh, come on He was chosen That's why he stood up But this is this is the most important part He was convinced Let me show you where I'm going with this Let me show you where I'm going with this Look here Luke 22 Luke 22:31 22, And the Lord said, Simon, 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 Simon. And by the way, anytime this was his old name, remember Jesus changed his name? This was his old name. And Jesus only used his old name when he was addressing Peter when he was acting like his old person. So you know this is not a good deal, right? Right? And especially when he says his name twice. Y'all with me? Watch this. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. I tell you what, when you got Jesus praying for you, that thy faith fail not. See, he had faith. Some people don't believe that he was saved before this, but I believe he was saved without question, without question. I believe when he made his confession there, when he said, flesh and blood is not revealed to me, but my father, which is in heaven. I believe that he was confessing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does this, what does this mean? You can be saved and do something real stupid. He said, I'm praying that your faith fail not. All right. But watch what he says. Watch this. And when, not if, y'all see that? And when thou art converted, that word means convinced. When thou art convinced, strengthen thy brethren. You know why Peter stood there? Can you imagine this? Just a minute. I I know we're running out of time, but. How many of y'all have ever done something ignorant? Okay, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. All right, you can put them down now. All right. After you did something ignorant, how'd you feel when you had to get around other people that knew what your ignorant thing was? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine Peter on this day knowing that he knew they knew? They knew what he said. They knew he denied the Lord. They knew he got angry with the Lord when the Lord told him he would deny. It. He knew they knew that he was the leader of the pack that said, I'm going back fishing. Can you imagine the fear he had? What are they going to think? What about this? I don't have no right to say something. They don't have no... Why should they listen to me? After what I've done? Come on. Some of y'all won't share your story because you think you, you're just so bad that you can't... Do, come on, people. Let me tell you why he stood up. He was convinced. He was convinced. I believe he was convinced that he was forgiven. Because see, this was after this was after the initial meeting, also on the shore after they'd been fishing all night and caught nothing, and they come back and he said, "Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep." Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. What was Jesus doing right there? He was. He was not just helping Peter understand where he stood. He was letting Peter understand, you still got a job. You have, A, 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 letter A, you have been, come on. You have been chosen. Now you need to be convinced you still are. That's what gave him the courage to stand. And say this is where we're at. Some think. Well it should have been John. Because you know. John was the only one that was with him at the cross. They bugged out. But John he stayed there. But that's not who. Was a. Chosen. Chosen. Listen if God picks you to do something. Do it. I failed. Keep on. Keep on. Get back up. Dust, your, dust the dust off them. Wipe the blood off them. Keep going. Church, say amen. amen. He's ready now. Oh, oh, I got to tell you something else. This is really cool. Let's go back to the words of Jesus. This ain't in your notes. I just come, it's just come to me. Let's go back to the words of Jesus. You remember, what's the first point? I mean, not the first point. What's the point? The, uh, the main point we're talking about right now? A person that is, Praise. a person that is, Praise. person that is. Praise. Now, would y'all agree that Peter did some incredible things during his ministry with the Lord? Yeah, yeah. And and he was he showed initiative. He pulled the sword and defended Jesus in the in the garden. Cut the man's ear off. Nobody else did that, right? And he, and, he, and he cast out devils and he healed people. You remember when Jesus sent him out? Now watch this. Now watch this. But he wasn't ready. He was not ready for what he had been chosen for. He had been chosen to be a leader in the early church to get the church off the ground and get it going across the world. He had been chosen to be an apostle to the Jews. But he was not ready so this is what jesus says to him he had already said i'm gonna give you the keys but now he's saying watch this stay with me stay with me i know i'm running rabbit a little bit but it's a good one he says this your spirit is willing this is when they're arguing because jesus says i'm gonna to go to, i'm gonna to go to die and peter said huh i'm not gonna let that happen He he don't understand. He don't get it. He said, well, I tell you what, you're going to deny me. The the, the shepherd's going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. No, not me. Oh, yeah, you. Not me. I love you more than all the rest of these. No, not me. I die before. Son, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Now watch this. This is it. This is it right here. You ready? Satan has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. Wheat. Now, if you study the process of baking bread, the wheat is in a hard shell. And the shell has to be broken to get the goody out to make bread. Y'all with me? Peter is a hard case. He's stubborn. He's full of himself. He's arrogant, but he's chosen, but he's not ready. And the devil, oh yes, I'm feeling God right here. Whoop! Hey the devil has got his sights on Peter. Because Jesus said the devil desires to have you. He's looking for you. He's got a target around you. He's got plans for you. And little did Peter know that Jesus was going to let him accomplish some of the plan. He said, you're going to deny me. Satan is going to influence you to deny me. But I prayed for you. And when, not if, you say, why did Jesus use the word when? Because what Jesus prays for happens. Now, (laughs) I'm going somewhere. I promise I am. Peter was not ready. So Jesus allowed Satan to get his fingers on him, to break him. Because while he was arrogant, he was not ready. While he was full of himself, he was not ready. While he was eat up with pride, he could not do what he had been chosen to do. But after the devil got through with him, the Bible says after that third denial, he went out and wept bitterly. You may tell you what was wrong? He was broken. He did something he never dreamed he thought he would do. He ended up in a place he never thought he would end up. How in the world could I have done this to my Lord and my Savior? He was broken. And when he was broken, he thought it was the end. When he was broken, he thought it was over. When he was broken, he thought God would never use him again. But what he failed to remember is he was chosen. Say amen. And he failed to remember that he was praying for it. And he already said, when you are convinced, what does he do? Strengthen the brethren. What's he fixing to do? Are y'all paying attention? What's he fixing to do? Strengthen the brethren. You see, he wasn't ready. So Satan was allowed to break him, not to destroy him as Satan wanted to do. And as Peter thought had happened, it was so God could take the goody and bake bread and serve it to the people on the day of Pentecost and in this day to to what, the brethren? What does bread do for you? Trust me, I'm dying, I know. Are y'all getting this? This ain't even in the notes. This is extra. And you're not charged a thing for all this extra stuff. (laughs) So how does he strengthen the brethren? How does he strengthen the brethren? He begins to explain what happened to Judas. That's the next point. Hurry up. We got time. Oh, yeah, we're going to make it, guys. We're going to make it. A person that is ready. How many of y'all see that? A person that is finally ready. Does this make sense, everybody? All right, Peter can do what he's been chosen for. He's chosen, he's convinced. Then number five, we see a problem that's resolved. Say, what's the problem? There's 12 tribes of Israel, and he promised to be 12 thrones, but we only got 11 disciples. We got a problem. We got a problem, all right? So let's see what Peter does about it. First... We see the problem that's resolved. A, we see an exposing, there's an exposing of the situation. The problem is resolved by exposing the situation. Verse 16, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. In other words, what he's saying, he said, don't, 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 don't nobody wig out. Don't nobody wig out. I know this is a bad situation. I know this is a bad thing what Judas did, but it was already said that it was going to happen. He goes back to the Old Testament and brings back the prophecies. Now watch. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with a reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the mist and all of his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that, that field is called, and it's still there today. You you those of you going to Israel with me, you're going to see it. We'll drive right by it. As that field is called in the proper tongue, as, uh, I uh, 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 I forget it. Say whatever you want to call it. I've said it three different ways, and I've listened to it, and I still get it wrong. So Al Sidama, I think, is is how that is said. That is to say, the field Blood. Now, what does he do? He, he rehearses the story of Judas and what happened. Now, if you go put this with the gospels, put it all together, you'll find out that after Judas, after Judas uh, betrayed the Lord, he, he he began to feel guilty. All right, he was not repentant; he was guilty. So you see, remorse is not repentance. He felt remorse and guilt over doing what he did to an innocent person. So he took the silver and went back to the high priest and said, listen, take this back, take this back. And you know what's so hypocritical about the deal? They said, we can't take it, that's blood money. They were the ones that gave it to him. That's how hypocritical religious people can be. And so he just threw it down and ran out. And he was so riddled with his guilt that he tried to hang himself, and apparently it was it was at a cliff, it was at a rock ledge, and either the rope broke or the, 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 the rope or the knot couldn't hold his weight or the branch broke. One way or another, he came tumbling down. And when he tried to hang himself, he came off the cliff and burst asunder. I don't have to get any more descriptive than that. you get the point. The high priest, they took that money and says, we can't put this in the coffers, we can't put this in the treasury. This is blood money. So they went out and used it to buy a field. And it's also called the potter's field. That's what he's saying. So basically, he's telling what happened to Judas. All right, everybody wasn't in, everybody wasn't in the garden, just the 12 disciples, if y'all remember that. Only the 12 disciples, excuse me, the 11 disciples when Judas came in. So I'm not sure how much word had got out or what the deal was, but he was explaining the situation. But this is the most important part of this deal. The second B, write this down quickly. We see not only there's an exposing the situation, but there's explaining the scriptures. What Peter says is don't nobody sweat it. This did not take God by surprise. It was already prophesied in the scriptures that this would take place. In other words, this was not a mistake. The devil didn't win one. Y'all with me? It was all prophesied that it was going to happen. All right? Does that make sense? And he's showing that what, what is the point of that? God is in control. Same thing with Peter and, and, and Satan. Satan, he may, allow, he may allow circumstances to happen, but it's always ending up to accomplish his sovereign will. So it was all according to scriptures. Then see, then see. All right, Peter explains, Peter explains that this had to take place for scriptures to be fulfilled. Some have said that God made this to happen, but I believe it was that God knew it would happen. And the word says that he is not willing that any should perish. At the last supper, he showed compassion, washing Judas's feet. And gave him another opportunity, but he rejected rejected it. Can you imagine being that close to heaven and going to hell? Here's a thought. Here's a thought. When you you get hot and you begin to sweat, where's the first place you sweat? Say it. Say it again. Loud. Loud face like right now I've got beads of sweat on my face right now right the Bible says that his sweat became as great drops of so what did he have on his face in the guard when he was praying where did Judas kiss him he literally kissed the blood that could have washed his sins away he was that close to heaven and went to hell now here's here's the here's the follow up see here's the unfinished business there's an electing of another servant we have to have 12 we have to have 12 let me let me read let's read Let's read the the paragraph, and then we'll come back to the the two points underneath there. It was necessary, it was necessary that 12 men witness at Pentecost to the how many tribes? 12. 12 tribes of Israel. And also that 12 men be prepared to sit on 12 thrones to judge the 12 tribes of Israel during the kingdom. Does that make sense? Because he said during the kingdom, when Jesus will reign on this earth during the kingdom, all right, which is, just, is, is called in Matthew the kingdom of heaven. That's the physical, tangible, touchable, earthly kingdom of Christ on this earth. That the 12 will reign on 12 thrones judging the 12 what? Tribes of Israel. So that can't happen with 11, right? So there has to be one chosen. Once the message had gone to the Gentiles, the Jewish emphasis began to decline. All right, let me me back up. From Acts 2 to Acts 7, the witness was primarily to who? Israel. The Bible says to the Jew first. We see that in Romans 1, Acts 3 and 13. Now, once the message had gone to the Gentiles in Acts 10, the Jewish emphasis began to decline. When the apostle James was martyred, he was not what? replace they didn't didn't vote for another one why why because the official witness to Israel was now completed and the message was going out to the Jews and Gentiles alike there was no more need for 12 apostles to give witness to the 12 tribes of Israel alright let me give you two things let me tell you one more thing about that All right. write these two things down under the electing of another servant one we see the described criteria write that down ...the described criteria. In other words, who did it have to be? It says here in verse number 21. It says, who's going to take over? Wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us... ...all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. And it describes describes the time period. Beginning from the baptism of John... ...under the same day that he was taken up from us... ...must one be ordained to be a witness with us... ...of his resurrection... There's two criteria. One, one he had to be with them from the time of Jesus' baptism all the way to the time of his resurrection. Okay, does everybody understand that? Not just his resurrection, but his ascension is what he said. All right, not only that, they had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. Why? Because they were responsible to the 12 tribes. They were witnesses to the 12 tribes of their Messiah. Are y'all with me? So in order to be an apostle, in order to be an apostle, they had to experience the entire ministry of Christ and they had to be eyewitnesses of the the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. Now, there was only two men. There was only two men that fit that criteria that's recorded in Scripture. We don't know anything about these guys. We don't know much at all about them. But we know these two fit the bill. So the next thing that took place, they cast lots. This was their way and it's kind of like it's kind of like drawing straws. Drawing straws. Now, before you say anything that the next meeting we need to have, we need to cast lots to determine something, that was before the Holy Ghost came. Are y'all with me? It was their way of trying to find God's will before the Holy Spirit came to indwell in them. All right? In other words, when you're trying to determine God's will, you don't need to be throwing dice. Say amen. Or pulling straws or anything of that nature. He is in you. Okay? This was before that. We are a whole chapter before that. This was the Old Testament way of of finding God's will. So they cast lots and God chose one. Now, the second word. Did I give you the second word? The criteria and then the divine choosing. God chose. Now, why am I saying that? This is so important that you get this. Why is it important to know that, that, that God chose this man? Because there are some people that are trying to teach that they, they were out of line for choosing him, that it was really Paul that was supposed to be there. And so Paul was later come on the scene and, and he was really the 12th apostle. That's not true. God would not have ordained that, and God would, if, if it was wrong for them to pick this guy, God would have told them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So now we're ready. Now we're ready for Pentecost. Now we're ready for the Holy Spirit to come. And, and, and now we're 12, we're set, here we go. And Well, no, I'm not going to go there. That's too much rabbit to run with no time. All right. Church, say amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know if it's wet or dry outside. Whatever it is, be careful. We have fall and fire insurance. If you fall, you're fired. Okay? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some of y'all ain't smiled all night. I'm going to get you before you leave. All right. All right. Well, let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Oh, it's still thunder I hear it. All right. Hey, we need it. We need it. Good night. Our grass is dry. Come on, watermelons. Amen. All right. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings and your mercy. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to be in your house. And Lord, this great crowd. It's a stormy night, and we got a great crowd. This is awesome. I pray that you'll continue to bless, continue to move, and God, help us to fulfill your will and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And when we get up in the morning, pray, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Guide me with the words to say. And God, I'll thank you.